I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Patrice Mousseau is the founder and CEO of Satya Organic Skincare. She is a member of Fort William First Nation and a former journalist. Her journey to becoming a conscious entrepreneur stemmed from her developing her own homemade treatment for her young daughter's eczema, based on traditional medicine and scientific innovation. With a successful natural formula in hand that does not contain steroids, Patrice went on to launch Satya. The word Satya means higher truth in Sanskrit. The brand is certified carbon neutral with the Coastal First Nations Great Bear Rainforest Initiative. As well, Patrice ensures she provides her staff of women, all single moms like her, a living wage and great working conditions. Here's our conversation where you will hear more about Patrice and Satya's exciting journey. For 10% off your order of Satya Organic Skincare products, head to satya.ca and use code THEBRANDISFEMALE at checkout. That's S-A-T-Y-A dot C-A. Patrice, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for asking me here. Uh, I'm really honored. And I'm actually a fan of your brand, having uh, discovered it at my natural local health food store a few years ago, or maybe two years ago. And uh, yeah, I swear by your product. So very excited to be chatting with you. Wonderful. Yeah, we haven't been in stores for a, a super long time, but um, we're very happy that uh, you know our customers love us and they keep going back for more and we keep growing. That's great. And I want to get into all of that, but I'm going to start by asking you to go back in time. And I want to hear about, you know, you growing up, what were you dreaming of as a career uh, for later in life? And did you ever imagine you'd have your own business one day? So first off, no, I absolutely never thought I was going to be in business. Um, it was so far off to any of my aspirations or even which I thought was my abilities. It was never even on the table. Um, I, I distinctly remember when I was about about 15, I, at that point, I'd already been, you know, doing some like restaurant jobs and retail and stuff like that. And I thought, well, you know, what do I want to do? And I being very, you know, um, optimistic, I guess, I wanted to make a difference in the world. So I decided to start working in social services. So at this time, I was still in high school, but I was working with, you know, people uh, at a women's shelter. I was working with developmentally challenged persons. I was working with the elderly. And uh, and then I thought, well, you know, this feels like a Band-Aid. I want to be part of the cure. So uh, I actually sat down with a friend and they said, you know, uh, if you really want to have an impact on culture you should get involved in media because we help to shape people's ideas, right? I thought that makes sense. So I started, you know, answering phones somewhere and uh, just, you know, from there just ended up as a national news anchor for APTN. I worked for uh, CBC News World. I had a talk show on CFRB. I had a music show on satellite radio on Sirius. 
And uh, yeah, I would just, I actually thought that's what I was going to do really in some form or another Mm. for the rest of my life. Uh, But then of course uh, I had a baby and your world changes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she developed eczema Mm. and, or eczema, depending on where you're from. And (laughs) You know, my skill set has always been, of course, research because of my career. So I just said, you know what? The doctor's only option was steroids. I'm going to look and see if that's really the only option. And tell me about kind of starting that journey um, because you you create a product basically to address the needs of your daughter specifically. And then you realize there's a business opportunity here. Um, but not easy to just become an entrepreneur overnight. And, you know, from what you're sharing, you didn't have experience in a beauty industry prior to this. So curious to know what the start of that journey was like. Yeah. So again, this was really for my own child. I needed a solution for her. Now, what, you know, what I came up with cleared up Esme's eczema in two days. And I had been experimenting with this in my kitchen crock pot And that's how I came up with the formulation, of course, with all the research. Um, But then, you know, Esme didn't need it anymore. So I had a whole crock pot. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? So I just kind of put it out to friends and mom and baby Facebook group that I was a part of. And I was like, at this point, I didn't know how prevalent the need was. Like, it's about 20% of the world's population suffers from eczema or other Mm -hmm. skin issues. It's even more. Um, so I said, does anybody need any? And I had to make like three more crock pots because everybody Mm -hmm. did. And even then I didn't consider it to be a business. It was only until probably about a year and a half later, I met a woman, her name is Madeline Shaw. She has a company or had a company called Luna Pads. She's doing something else right now, but she was just, you know, she's very intuitive. And she said to me, I feel like you need to come to this business conference. It's a woman owned a business conference that are, you know, socially minded. And I went and I got inspired by Mm -hmm. all these other women who, you know, were redefining business because my definition of business has always been really negative, right? It's always Mm -hmm. been about like profit and, you know, bros and, you know, like just not, not great. Um, And I, I was just shown that business can actually be a vehicle for social change right? And very impactful, even more impactful than, you know, what I was doing before. So I I decided to do my first farmer's market. And uh, oh, nice. that's what I did in Port Moody, where I started my business. And now we're in stores across Canada, and online, and in Hong Kong, and in the US. So yeah. Congratulations. And I want to ask you, because you, you know, and I, and, and I read about you talking about, you know, when, when you came up with your own recipe for, for this product, and it was also out of a need that traditional Western medicine wasn't addressing, right? Because the answer for something like eczema and other skin issues is always kind of prescription-based and, you know, steroid-based products. Um, so I think that says something too about the lack of alternative solutions that exist in the marketplace right now. Yeah. At the time when I looked, there weren't any other than steroids. There weren't any other products that were out there that had, you know, proven to work, certified, um, you know, no fragrance, no parabens. Like it was just a lot of garbage, really. Um, So there was not a good option at that time. 
And I think also, you know, not to say that steroids are always bad, but even your Mm -hmm. doctor, you know, they say, here, take this and use it for a week or two. That's never enough for most people. They need, they need something they can use ongoing. And actually, I don't think steroids should be the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. We should be trying um, something like Satya. And then if you need steroids, you know, you can use, end up using less so you don't end up building up a tolerance to the steroids and then you have to in you know increase your your dosage every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there needs to be more of a, a shift like that on on what doctors are recommending because yeah. I know you know a lot of moms out there are just really following what they're being told by someone who they think heart. has yeah. their best interests in 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 to heart. And I mean they they do, but they're also mm-hmm. general practitioners and they're seeing yeah. a ton of people every day and this is not their specialty. Right. And what was the learning curve like when, you know, you switched from having your product made in your crock pot, selling at a farmer's market and then having it distributed around the world in Hong Kong and other places. Um, And I'm sure at that point you had to have new suppliers and new partners to make all of that happen. Yeah. Ava, it was bananas. So I, like I said, I started in the farmer's markets and then basically through word of mouth and me talking to retailers and like solving their problems, um, Whole Foods got interested and they were like, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to start carrying your product. And I'm like, I'm still making this in my crock pot. You got to let me scale up. Um, And they were very patient. They said, fine, I got a distributor. And so once we were able to hit that go button, uh, we went from 70 stores that we were in in the Vancouver and Lower Mainland to 400 stores across the country in two months. So it was a huge scale up for us. And I mean, honestly, this business every day, it's changing and evolving. So, you know, I've learned so much since I started this, but I'm constantly going to be learning more, which is hard sometimes, but it's also really exciting. Hmm. What would you say was something you wish you knew before you started this adventure? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, (laughs) Because so much is popping into my mind because like literally I've learned so much. I would say that probably the most important thing, which I didn't really know at the beginning, was that the importance of community, Mm -hmm. uh, your business community, your uh, people that you call friends or sisters or whatever that you can able be able to talk to and also um, to understand that it actually benefits them to spend time with you as well. You're actually almost like providing a service because you're giving them that good feeling of helping someone. Right. Um, because if you keep it internal, if you keep yourself isolated, you're not going to make great decisions and you're going to just be on the floor with the amount of stress and worry that you're going to be going through. And so if you can develop that network, either through, you know, different working groups or whatever, um, I'm a part of CEO uh, in Canada, and that's been amazing. Uh, And so like, you have to you have to talk to people, because we do not do this on the on our own. And certainly Mm -hmm. not if we want to succeed, we cannot do it on our own. And often, I think women entrepreneurs, especially, we tend to go in thinking, you know, we're going to make it through. We're used to getting over obstacles and we can do this on our own. And we wait longer than necessary to ask for help, right? We've also been fed, you know, the fallacy that 
it's it's a self-made person or you know they're the reason yes. for their success is they worked really hard no the reason for the success is a lot of different factors and it involved a lot of different people and mm -hmm. so i think that that needs to be a number one teaching for anybody going into business yeah absolutely and and i want to ask you a question about your career before you became uh, head of your your beauty brand and or, or beauty is probably not the right not word exactly but no but i i yeah we're more of like we are in fact um certified by both health canada and the fda to make health claims so we're oh, we're we've our formulations been reviewed that we can actually say that yes this is a anti-inflammatory and you know people can use it instead of steroids Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Okay. So I'll remove the word beauty from my vocabulary for this conversation. It, people also use it as a makeup primer. I mean, right. okay. it, you know, it's, <laughs> it is, it's sort of a, a Frank's red hot of skincare. If you, if you get my meaning. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, and I want to ask you about your time in media. Um, women are typically, well, I don't, I, I don't know if it's true, but I think women usually face you know, challenges, gender bias, uh, especially when it comes to being an anchor on Canadian television. We know that there's a limited number of women that, you know, make it to the top or can have a very long career on the air, um, especially when it comes to BIPOC women. Um, I'm curious to know what that experience was like, lessons from that time for you and uh, just generally what that experience was like. You have a lot of people who are dismissive and especially on the outside people who are dismissive of your success. Mm. Um, you know, I was told just for example, um, you know, when I, I was living in Toronto, I was on CFRB. This is the number one talk station in Canada. I was on air doing my job for two hours at a time, which is basically you sitting in a room talking for two hours out into the, out into space. Right. And, um, I had people tell me that it was because of, you know, being Indigenous or being uh, an attractive female that I got the job. And I'm like, you cannot see those things on radio. No. It's incredible how people will try to diminish your accomplishments, but mm -hmm. you would not find that for men. Right. Yeah. It, are there any kind of lessons from that time that you find are useful in what you do today? I mean, not everybody is going to get it. Not everybody's going to like you, unfortunately, I, especially because I'm one of those people like, I want everyone to like me. But the reality is they're not. And like, screw them too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I would use stronger language, but I'm not sure we're allowed to. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can curse on this podcast. You're fine. Awesome. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to say what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I I can hear what you're trying to say. Um, you've talked about the, the community that you've built and the importance of building that community as an entrepreneur. Um, were there role models along the way who kind of, you know, inspired you or gave you kind of a model to follow? Absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, that, that uh, Madeline Shaw, right from the get-go, I mean, I probably wouldn't have started my business without seeing her and what she was doing. Um, right. I mean, Vicki Saunders, as I mentioned, CEO, like yeah. she has literally created, been, we've a, had her on the show. We've talked about CEO global movement. Right. And she mm -hmm. did it and she did it so fast and so well, like such an inspiration, but also, you know, I have a, a friend of mine through the CEO network. Um, is she, uh, Jody, she has Helga wear and, you know, she was, she was an engineer 
her overalls didn't fit her as a, in a woman's body. So she decided to change that. She decided mm -hmm. to fix that. And I feel like with women, that's what we, that's what we do, right? We, we see a problem and we decide that we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. Mm -hmm. And that's why we get into business. We don't get into business to make a ton of profit and, you know, give our shareholders bigger bank accounts. Like we're in this to do good. And I yeah. love that about women entrepreneurs. This season of The Bren is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. And speaking of doing good, so what kind of responsibility do you feel uh, comes with that role? And, and you're in a niche where you're creating a product that's, you know, actually helping people's health. Um, and I know that your background is in social services. You've talked about, you know, going in that field to do good. How does that come true in the decisions you make for your business on an everyday basis, for example? So right from the get-go, I chose the name Satya because it means truth, like a higher truth, like not just mm -hmm. being, you know, honest or whatever, like the honest company. It's literally about what is the truth in life? And the truth is that we are all here together. And you have to do, just try and always do the best you can. And I wanted to be a role model for my daughter. I wanted to show her that you could have these kinds of impacts and create businesses that do good in the world. Um, we don't just make a great product. It is fantastic, but we also have to look at every other aspect of the business, right? Mm -hmm. Like we hire all women or um, non-binary persons. Not that we're excluding men, but that's just, you know, right, who we are at, at this moment. Um, we're very uh, cognizant of paying living wages as well. Like that is really important to us. Um, we have to have great relationships with our vendors and make sure that we're not getting any of our, you know, packaging ingredients from somewhere that's very dodgy. Um, we also look at the packaging itself. How do we do better? So we have, you know, we have glass jars, we have, oh, we have like these, these, these are fantastic. These are brand new. I don't know if you've seen this yet. This no, is, these are refillable. So it's a stick version Great. of Satya. In, yeah. So you don't have to put your finger in the jar. And um, once you're through this, you get a, this is our refill pouch. It's compostable. So you empty this, you melt it, and you can pour it right back into the container. Genius. And then this is compostable and it ships really easily. So it's not heavy. So it's all actually yeah. dropping our carbon footprint there. Um, we are carbon neutral with the Great Bear Rainforest as well. Congratulations. Um, now in, in addition to this, because this is like we bought high quality plastic. It is recyclable, but we bought right. really high quality so that we can keep reusing it. But in addition to that, whenever somebody buys one of our new sticks, we're actually um, in partnership with a company called the Plastic Bank. So what happens is 
We are paying people in developing countries to go to their local waterways, pull plastic out, take it for recycling, exchange it for credits for medical care, educational tuition, or household items. And then that that plastic is recycled and resold to large multinationals at a premium for what's called social plastic. So you're addressing not only you know the supply chain, global poverty, ocean plastics, all with this one little little mm-hmm. product, right? So we just try to think of every facet of the company, and we're always evolving too. We're always trying to do better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that is so great, um, and I, I love the concept of social plastic. How do you think, I mean, you're proving that it's absolutely possible to, you know, lead a business based on purpose and values and really enact that in every decision, you know, around your company. Um, What do you think needs to change with the general industry when it comes to health products? Let's roll in beauty as well, because we know it's a huge source of pollution, uh, overuse of plastic packaging. Um, just, you know, the a heavy supply chain that has a, a lot of points that cause damage to to our planet. What? How can we address this on a bigger scale? So just talking about the sampling for one, you know, those little plastic pouches, I hate those, which is why I created my small travel size 10. You get enough for about two weeks and then you can really see how it works with your body's chemistry. But I'm also mm. working with a local university to develop an innovative sampling Uh, product that's going to be completely compostable and or recyclable. So no more plastic pouches. And then we're going to make it available to everybody in the industry as a way to to start doing sampling for every single other company out there. Um, so that's, that's, that's one of the things we're doing. And, you know, I think it, me, I'm, I'm, you know, it's my first business. I'm a single mom. I'm here working on my laptop in my in my house, <laughs> you know, running my business. But it's because I prioritize the things that I'm going to be able to sleep with at night, like sleep mm-hmm. well with at night. Yeah. Um, and I think the other, you know, other those big companies just need to do the same and not be dismissive. Um, the reality is like, for example, these, these pouches, I told you these compostable refill pouches, yeah. they're also dropping our shipping costs. Right, because we can right. we can we can ship these a lot more inexpensively. So not only does it do good for the planet, but if you do it right, it can actually benefit your company. And I think people need to see that there is financial benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you're and you're proving that, and that can be adapted to a large scale. It's not just for a small company with you know small batch production. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully your story inspires uh, more, and the work you're doing in research with that university is going to get others to join the the movement. Um, I'm, I'm happy to talk with anybody about it too. Like, you good. know, just making myself available, collaborating, you know, mm-hmm. just finding unique and innovative ways to do it. And I, I feel like perhaps it's because this is my first business and I have, was never taught how to do business. Mm-hmm. I'm having to kind of think out of, out of the proverbial box and come up with mm-hmm. some innovative solutions. So You know, it's a great thing to be to becoming becoming an entrepreneur if you don't have that business background. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what does leadership mean to you? And as a woman, what kind of leadership skills do you think you can bring? You know, that are that are specific to what you bring to your role as a founder and leader of your brand. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I told my daughter. 
um, the other day. She asked me, she said, um, Mommy, why is Optimus Prime the, the leader of the robots? You know, the, the Transformers. That's right. Oh, right. I, said, <laughs> I, said, I was like, I was like, wrong target audience. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so like the little toy robots, right? And he's like yeah. a leader. And I said to her, and I absolutely believe this. I said, it's probably because he's a good listener. Because that's what you do as a leader. You listen to what people sh- are saying and encourage them and enable them to do their jobs better. That's mm. what you do. Um, if you're too busy doing things inside of your company, you cannot help other people succeed. And that's what you do. Yeah. And and women typically, we tend to apply more of our emotional intelligence and nurturing skills to, a, you know, a, a listening practice. Yeah. We have business superpower. I like that line. It's true. Um, what would you say to somebody who's looking to start a brand, a business in a, in a similar category? What kind of tips would you have for them? Um, build community, reach out to people, um, recognize that nobody knows what they're doing. And so you can go out there and, you know, do your own thing. Um, you'll be, um, be okay with instability. Um, you know, you think me as a single mom wouldn't, uh, be the best person to sort of jump off the cliff, but I always love challenges and I love, always love changes. So that makes you, I think, uh, makes me rather a good, um, fit for entrepreneurship. Mm. Yeah. And then I'll ask a question that you've partly answered by, you know, describing what makes you a good, uh, a good entrepreneur, but what's one thing that keeps you up at night? What's one thing that you're maybe, uh, you know, that makes you anxious, that makes you nervous and that you're potentially looking to overcome? Yeah. So, um, consumer packaged goods, CPGs, which I'm involved in, um, that usually causes, uh, you have to have a big outlay of money to do inventory runs. And then if you sell a whole bunch, then you have no inventory or if, you know, sale. So it's for me, it's always cash flow. It's like right. trying to make sure that the business runs smoothly. And sometimes, I mean, I remember I did a, a small article with, um, La Presse. Uh, the newspaper in Quebec. And, you know, we sold out across the country in like two days, right? Like we sold $30,000 in a day online. Like it was awesome. But I was also on the floor crying because I'm like, how is it that I have a great product? People love it. It's successful. And I'm still failing at how to run this business. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So it's, you know, be, be kind to yourself too. That, that's such good advice. And I think, again, not to generalize, but I think a lot of the women entrepreneurs I speak to on this show, it's we have this gift for honing in on the one thing that we think we're not doing properly or not good enough, right? And even when the success keeps piling up. So I think there is a lesson here about the importance of celebrating those wins, right? Because we're always thinking of the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should have done this versus look at all the amazing stuff you just did. Like we need to see that. So what does success mean for you? Success means, you know, safety and security for myself, my daughter, um, the people inside the company, um, being a role model for other companies and having them come to us and say, how did you do that? And how how can we do something similar? Um, 
helping people, like literally helping people. When when I get emails or phone calls um, from people saying that, you know, I help them or their child or their elderly parent, you know, I know what that feels like to have to want to help someone and not be able to like the gut right. kick when your child is crying and bleeding, you know, to be able to do that for people or to also, you know, um, make people feel more comfortable in like their literal skin, like, you know, skin issues can be very um, emotionally taxing. A lot of people sure. don't, you know, like they feel like, oh, I can't shake somebody's hand because they're going to think I've got a disease or I got to hide my yeah. face or, you know, when, when, when people, I get hugs sometimes from people like that, that is, that's success. And mm -hmm. I just have to figure out a way to keep being able to provide that to people. So that's, you know, also, so a good thing. Mm. We've talked about your role models earlier in a conversation, but I'm curious to know who inspires you today? Who's somebody you find inspiring? Maybe it's a group of people, um, you know, that kind of fuels ideas and, and general inspiration for you right and now. I know this is going to sound cliche, but honestly, it's my little girl. Like mm -hmm. her ideas are amazing. She she has this idea for like an in-store display for kids. And, you know, because the, the stick is actually super easy for kids to put on themselves. So she wants to do like a little box with like a big cat head on it. And she drew it all out. And then she also has someone at her school um, who has um, who's only got part part of her arm. And she's like, well, how does she put the product on? How do we help people with disabilities uh, use the product more? Like, I was just blown away that she would even think about that and be inspired to think, yes, we can actually have an impact for people. And she's nine. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask how old she is. That's amazing. You've got an in-house product consultant. I know. And, and branding consultant working for you. Um, what is next for Satya? What is something you're excited about that's maybe coming up in the next few months? Yes. So we've been talking to um, our existing customers about things that they really want to see from Satya, which is more products. They love us. They love the brand. They love our values. So they want to have more, which is wonderful. So um, first up, we're going to be launching a actual lip balm. Uh, right now, you can use the formula on a lip balm, but we want to have something that's... It's, it's what I do. <laughs> it's what you do. So something that's a little thicker, like a little more a little more um, thickness and maybe some flavors, uh, some natural flavors, which would be really nice. And then uh, potentially either a body wash or probably first, we're going to do a face oil. I make a face oil that I give out to my friends. Um, that they love. So I think I might start making that available uh, to people as well. I might even do like a small run of like 50 or 100 just to like, see what people like, and I'll, I'll hand make it. And yeah, you never know. I got to get on that list. Right? That sounds great. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. And what is on the list for you? Um, something, you know, self-improvement, something that you're trying to work into your routine. I can imagine that as a single mom, entrepreneur, busy with growing your company, uh, it's often a challenge to stay grounded and, and, you know, stay connected and stay sane among all the craziness. 
Um, so what's on your personal agenda for I the, mean, the it, next few months? There's a lot going on. Like school started yesterday. Uh, my cat has high blood pressure. Like, I've, oh my god! <laughs> like I've got all these people that I'm, I'm taking care of. Plus, I'm taking care of the business, of course. Um, so my commitment that I just did for myself, which is to take a probiotic every morning. And so far, I've done it. So I'm mm -hmm. very pleased with that. And I think that that is because we all know like the probiotics, our intestinal gut health, our microbiome on our skin, like that Absolutely. is so huge for health in general. So that's that's my number one thing I'm doing. One probiotic, I'm just doing a little bit, one probiotic every morning. That's in, That's a manageable thing to do. And yeah, that's a, and that's a great step to take, right? To greater health and other good habits. I think, you know, we beat ourselves up because we're not doing everything we should. Yeah. Um, I think we all just need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves mm -hmm. and just so do true. by increments. Like I put on a ton of weight since, um, you know, since having my daughter and since running my business, like my stress is just bananas. Right. So instead of going, oh, I've got to lose, you know, 60 pounds or something, mm -hmm. I go, no, I'm going to lose two. Right. And I'm only focused on losing that those two pounds. And then when I get there, mm -hmm. you know, I'll think about the next two. But right now I'm yeah. just thinking about two pounds. Yeah. It's the little gestures, right? And it all adds up. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. Absolutely. You've actually given me some elements of response to the next one, but this is my favorite thing to ask, I uh, guess, on the show. What do you wish women and non-binary people would do less of? something that needs to come off our plate. Do less of, I mean, you, obviously it's, it, you know, we got to stop doing less work that other people can do and do better. Less, I, I want people to stop doing the work that they don't enjoy. Mm. I want people to go, you know what? I'm not good at that. I'm going to give it to someone who who is good at that. And I'm not going to feel guilty about the fact that I'm not doing it because I'm actually giving them something that brings them joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of businesses starting out, that doesn't necessarily mean hiring, um, but you can look at grants, you can get a student, you can get somebody because these are, these are tasks uh, that should be off your plate so that you can grow your business. Mm, that's smart. Thank you so much, Patrice. It was a pleasure getting to know you and hear the story behind Satya. Very excited to see the new products coming out and looking forward to staying in touch. You know, my honor. Like, honestly, it's been really great to talk to you as well. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brandis Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brandis Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.